0: Welcome back to the Better Than Yesterday podcast. I'm your host, Angelo Kelly. This week on this special Valentine's edition, I have my girlfriend on the show, Dana Watson. It was really fun to do this episode. We really had no script. We had nothing planned out, no questions written down. I think we jumped around all over the place, but we talked about a lot of really good stuff. I think it's important to just, to just connect with people who you vibe with, and Dana's something who I've really been drawn to just her energy and just the way she approaches life I think is something that's really attractive to me so I just wanted to pick her brain a little bit just talk about anything that came up so we got into age differences in a relationship because she's a little bit older than me we got into eating disorders uh, nutrition just everything it was really fun conversation to have I'm really glad I had her on the show I think she was an awesome guest She was kind of worried about how the episode was going to turn out, but I think this is going to be a great one and you guys are going to enjoy it. So I will talk to you guys on the back end. Okay, we are live. I am with a special guest this weekend, my girlfriend, Dana Watson. Welcome to the show. Hello. (laughs) Well, thanks for being here. I really wanted to do this um, for a while now because we've had... Such great conversations, and I feel like a lot of times we should be recording stuff. So. I know,
1: I literally said that on the phone last night. <laughs> yeah, so
0: I'm glad we're doing this. So let's just get started a little bit about yourself. Uh, where'd you grow up? what did you do when you were younger?
1: Um, I grew up in Skip Back, and I did a lot of things outside. Like, I rode my bike, learned really, really late how to ride a bike, though, and um, made fourths. I was big into making fourths, playing outside with people. Yeah, that's who I was as a kid.
0: Mm-hmm. And you did uh, cheerleading as well in high school, right?
1: Yeah, cheerleading in high school, a little bit in college. That was dumb. My college was like an art school, so mm-hmm. <laughs> like cheerleading did not uh, make sense. And then I joined that adult league that I just told you about recently when you hurt your back. Mm-hmm. I told you the same kind of story happened to me, but yeah cheerleading was fun it was a really big part of my life met a lot of really cool people and learned a lot like it was it was just fun it was a fun atmosphere Mm -hmm. kind of reminded me of like actually looking back now the cheerleading team that I was a part of reminds me of like a crossfit gym like the unified aspect and stuff like that
0: what do you think's the biggest challenge of cheerleading I know a lot of other athletes like to say cheerleading is not a sport. <laughs> True. <laughs> but. And you
1: know what's funny? My coach didn't want... She's like um, Mary Kincaid. She was my coach. She's awesome. She might listen to this, actually. Uh, but she like never wanted us to be considered a sport. She was like, no, you're right. We don't want to be a sport because then it's a different classification. You needed different credentials and you needed to like... I don't know if it was raise enough money or something. Um, but she was always pretty like against us being called a sport and we were like oh okay so we're not a sport we're cheerleaders um but like i don't know the most difficult thing was probably just the repetition of doing something over and over and over until it's perfect Mm -hmm. um and then dealing with injuries it's a lot like my life now
0: (laughs) and now so we both started weightlifting kind of around the same time What, you've been doing it like a year and a half or so?
1: Yeah, I think a little over a year and a half at this point.
0: What brought you into weightlifting?
1: The gateway of CrossFit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, started CrossFit, like, I think it was almost four years ago or so. I want to say maybe five. I can't remember. Um, But fell in love with CrossFit, was super nervous to start, fell in love with it, um, And my friend Tommy at the time, he like persuaded me to go and try it. And I was like, no, 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 I'm too scared. It took me like, took him like three months to try to get me to go. Finally went and loved it. Uh, I think I got my L1 like that same year. I started in maybe January or February of whatever year it was. And then I got my L1 like that November or December. Mm -hmm. So...
0: Do you remember your first CrossFit workout? No. You don't.
1: I remember dying. <laughs> it had something to do with box jumps, which I did box step ups. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was hard. <laughs> it was yeah,
0: really hard. I remember my my first one was um, we did this workout with handstand push ups and power cleans, and I I never did either of those yeah, things. Yeah. So
1: what the hell did you do? Could you even get up on the wall?
0: Well, no, I, I was the person who did handstand pushups on the first day. Oh my! But God. I did no, a, you I did them strict, and like I remember, I did like the first round, like no problem. Second round, no problem, and then the third round, <laughs> I couldn't even like bend my arms, and I got out of there. I was so sore, but um, yeah, I think everyone has that CrossFit that where you do that for. It might not be your first workout, but you do the one where you're like, I need to come back here.
1: Yeah. funny story about the handstand push-ups. So, (laughs) because I was a cheerleader, and I wasn't a tumbler. I never learned how to tumble and flip around. But, speaking of handstand push-ups, like, I was like, oh yeah, is that how you get up on the wall? No problem. I got this. (laughs) I go to get up onto the wall, like, you know, how you put your hands down first and Mm -hmm. you kick yourself up. I put my hands down, tried to kick myself up. My hands, my elbows gave out, and I totally tumbled and, like, oh my god landed on the floor like all crazy (laughs) and I was just like okay I think I need to learn how to do this (laughs) I really was pretty confident that I could just do it Mm -hmm.
0: yeah I think there's a lot of skills like that in CrossFit especially if you go in with an athletic background you're like oh oh no problem (laughs) yeah
1: yeah we had a lot of guys come in that had an athletic background and I remember being the coach that morning and I was and it was like their first day of CrossFit and Mm -hmm. I'm like All right, dude like you don't have to put 200 pounds on the bar right now like chill out you're Mm -hmm. you're not gonna be able to do this I promise you and they're like you know egomaniacs and they had to do the 200 pounds first and to see that they clearly couldn't do the 200 pounds so it was cool CrossFit was cool like I learned a lot I would never do it now Mm -hmm. Um, you know the way that it's supposed to be done I guess with the intensity and everything but it's definitely a cool community like I don't talk shit on it really Mm -hmm. I mean I talk a little shit on it but
0: (laughs) I think all of us weightlifters (laughs) at this point have our yeah have our beef with CrossFit
1: yeah but like I loved the weightlifting I've always loved the lifting aspect of it Mm -hmm. I love I've always loved the technicality of it and when I was doing CrossFit that's when I got my USAW one so tried to you know coach that in the gym and then moved on to strictly just doing weightlifting and Mm -hmm. got my level two so I love it.
0: What do you think, what's your favorite thing about weightlifting? Like you mentioned the the technique portion. Yeah,
1: that's it. I mean, it's just the tiniest little thing that you can change mm-hmm. that makes like the world of difference. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just the technicality mm-hmm. stuff. I love that. And yeah. I just love seeing people succeed. Like I love coaching beginners because there are so many more moments where it's like, dude, that was fucking awesome. Like, congrats. And you know, now you see what it feels like. Now you can progress. Now you can add more weight. And I just, I feel like I connect more with people that are beginning.
0: Mm -hmm. And you have that, that coach's mindset, which I think is definitely unique because some people have it. I don't like, I don't personally, (laughs) I don't think I could. You're just like,
1: why can't you do those? Yeah, exactly.
0: And (laughs) but you have that with nutrition as well so you're trying to really what do you think that mindset like how did you develop wanting to see other people succeed
1: um i don't know i feel like i actually always had like a leadership kind of role Mm -hmm. um i tried to do like student government like run for student government in middle school that was Dumb. Did you win? No. <laughs> I just plastered a bunch of flamingos all over the school, like vote for Dana. <laughs> it didn't work. Everyone hated the flamingos. <laughs> um, that was my mom's idea. I thought it was a great idea. But then, it, like in high school, I was captain of the cheerleading squad. Um, I think I was captain of both JV and then a co-captain of varsity. So just always had a leadership role, and I just kind of take that and run with it, I guess. Mm-hmm
0: and then you're also pretty successful, I would say, at work too. You're in a management field, you've been doing that for a long time. What um what got you into management in the first place?
1: Um well, I work for The Men's Warehouse mm-hmm. and I so I started as a part-time, you know, customer service associate in college and I was studying fashion industry management and I was doing like a boys' wear line and um, a menswear line and stuff. And then I was like, oh, I should just get a part time job at Men's Warehouse. And I put myself on a two year plan. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, I'll do this for two years, I'll get the experience that I need, and then I'll move on, you know? Because, um, like, who wants to be at Men's Warehouse forever? So then, um, seven months in, I got promoted to be an operations manager. Uh, so I was basically like a manager of the formal wear department. Mm-hmm. And then from there, I just moved up and got promoted a bunch of different times, went to a bunch of different stores, and I've been in management with them for 10 years. So,
0: What's the hardest thing about like being in a management role? I, I know, like I can see that you you do have a decent amount of stress in your life. You have two phones. You're constantly... <laughs> I got two <laughs> phones. <laughs> you're, but you're constantly getting emails. You're never really done.
1: Yeah, I'm never done. Like, I love – the hardest part is being done. Like, I love helping people. That's what I love to do in, in work, in real life. I mean, work is real life, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, I just love helping people. And I even told you, like, a while ago, if I can help them, if it's 8.30 or 9 o'clock at night and they need something, if I can help them, I will. Mm-hmm. So I think the hardest part is turning it off.
0: Mm-hmm. Is there anything you do to practice turning it off at all?
1: Hanging out with you. (laughs) Not having my phone near me. Um, No, but I've gotten better, I think, at not having my work phone on me as much, like, during a day off, Mm -hmm. you know?
0: Yeah, I think a lot of... It's funny because a lot of the people who I talk to, especially people who are doing, like, entrepreneurial-type stuff online, it's like you kind of tell, like, do you meditate? Do you do anything? And they're like, no. (laughs) Like, they have, they, you have basically one speed all the time. Yeah, and it's go, go, go. Yeah, Yeah. and I think a lot of us get caught up in that, where it's like, you have to take care of yourself first.
1: Yeah, I agree. I'm getting better at that. Yeah. I'm taking more time for myself.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, like, just doing something small, like yesterday, you got a massage.
1: Yeah, best massage ever. (laughs)
0: But doing stuff like that, I think even if you're not working during that time, it's going to help you come back better because yeah. you're refreshed. And, and my
1: my team of people, I oversee 28 stores, and like my team of people who I oversee will definitely appreciate me getting massages every once in a while. <laughs> Otherwise, I'd just be a total bitch all the time.
0: <laughs> so now you just started studying for your Precision Nutrition yes, um, did. certification. Yes, I what draws you towards nutrition?
1: I'm super excited about it. Um so
0: you gotta got talk a little louder.
1: Okay, sorry. I'm really excited about it. Uh the nutrition interest started again with CrossFit. Mm-hmm. So um we always had like whole 30 or paleo challenges and stuff, and I was always really interested in that. Um and saw results and sometimes didn't see results, and I was trying to figure out why and everything. And then I worked with Emily Pappas from Relentless uh, Athletics, and she was fantastic. You interviewed her. Mm -hmm. Um, She was fantastic. I worked with her for like a year, and I learned so much, not just about nutrition, but about my body and my life and my thought process behind food, because I've always, I mean, most people, most women especially, have struggled with food and uh, some sort of eating disorder. Mm I'm I fall into that category but it's just so amazing and the science behind it is so cool and like how everyone's body reacts differently I'm like really excited Mm -hmm. to help people and teach people What I learn, you know, do
0: you want to get into the eating disorder at all? I if you don't it's okay
1: Um, yeah, I mean I'm an open book So like
0: what like when's the first time you notice you had an issue with food?
1: Um, I was 11. I definitely remember that. I was at, on a camping trip. Like my family, I told you, um, we used to go camping a lot mm-hmm. growing up. That's like what we did. We did it with a whole bunch of other families. It was a, always a great time. And I, it was one of the camping trips. And I remember like not liking the way that I looked. And at 11 years old, that's like, that's weird. That's mm-hmm. crazy. Um, but I mean... I was a little bit influenced. You know, my mom struggled with things like that growing up. Um, and I think that, you know, you pick up on topics or sentences or just little things, and I'm not blaming my mom at all, at not at all, because it would have come up anyway, mm-hmm. you know, just with media or magazines or someone in school or something. But, um, you know, I feel like we all just – Struggle with like our appearance mm-hmm. and that's when I first realized that like, okay, I'm not gonna eat as much I'm just not gonna do that. I'm just you know, I'll be fine. I want to get skinnier And it's crazy like 11 years old yeah. Um and I know like that's pretty fucked up and hopefully my mom is not mad at me for saying this if she <laughs> listens, but um, you know, I learned a lot from that and Like, it stuck with me. I think it always does stick with me. I have a friend, I won't say who it is, but I have a friend um, who also, we kind of talked about that she also had um, an eating disorder. And it's just something that always sticks with you. And it's sad and scary that it's a thought in the back of your mind. So try to, like, shove those feelings and thoughts down as far as you can, but it's always there. So I think the nutrition education is really... Like important for me to get across not only through myself but you know I want to live as healthy healthy of a life as I can so I I just want everybody else to feel that way too. What
0: would you tell someone who who's looking in the mirror right now and says I don't like the way I look right now? What's what's the one thing that they can do to get started?
1: I mean I don't I'm not a doctor I'm not going to tell people what they can do as far as like what changes it's just all about your mentality and like i would say that they're just not a happy person and they need to find something that brings them joy and something that really they can relate to and they can have fun with and when you start having more fun (laughs) like you um i feel like you just feel better about everything and you kind of put things in perspective you know like maybe your physical appearance isn't the most important thing mm-hmm. you know it's important for sure I get that but like there are so many more important things in life and having fun and just being healthy and happy that's really what is mo- most important I mm-hmm. think
0: I love that yeah it's it's definitely I think you just really need to take a step back and I, and we all you know you all you see the media where it's like everyone's ripped everyone shredded and they look this way all the time but it's not real life is not Instagram.
1: Yeah, and they also don't look like that all the time. They only post, I mean, you talked about this on different podcasts where you only see the good stuff. Yeah, You know, you only see the good lifts. You don't see the seven misses that that person had before. You don't see the other pictures where they didn't look that shredded and they didn't use bronzer and they didn't, like, you know, have the right lighting for those angles and all that. So, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Just got to be happy. Mm -hmm. Like...
0: Well, I think one of the things that attracted me most to you is that you just seem comfortable in your own skin. So I like I can tell you've put a lot of work into doing that.
1: Yeah, I have. And thank you. Yeah, of course.
0: <laughs> what um what do you think is associated with that? Like just being being comfortable with being who you are?
1: I don't know. I feel like I've always been um I know this is one of the questions, but I've always been, like, an extroverted person. Mm -hmm. Um, I've always wanted to be, like, the center of attention when I was little. I was dramatic. I was super dramatic. Um, I feel like I'm not that dramatic anymore. But... Okay. I'm not! (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, like, I was just always... um, Wait, I forget the question.
0: So, like, just being comfortable in your own skin. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: So... I I don't know. I kind of have always been, besides the whole eating disorder thing, but like I've always just been outgoing Mm -hmm. and I'm comfortable being outgoing. I'm comfortable being loud and saying hi to everybody and striking up conversation with random people like you've experienced this with me. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I don't know. I am comfortable.
0: I'm interested to hear that because like you know, I'm not that person. I know. I don't talk to people in public. You and started, though. I know. Remember, at um, we were at Past. Pats, yeah. <laughs> and, and we were talking to the people from Alaska. And that was funny because I normally would have never started conversations like that. And I think doing this podcast has definitely helped me start to, to find my own voice and to get more comfortable with myself. So uh, one of the questions we had, one of our listener questions from Taylor. So you kind of hit on it being an extrovert. Is there any, any time where that changes, where you feel like an introvert at all or no?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I, there's definitely times, especially with work, that I have to reel it in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, some of my employees actually, who I really love and care about, they said, um, a couple of them specifically said that, you know, one of my favorite things about you, Dana, is that you're so real. And like, you just, I curse in the store. I, you know, just say how it is. I don't really care who I am or who they are. I just speak. I'm just myself, you know. And I think they really appreciate that. Um, They've told me that. So, but sometimes with work, if I'm in a meeting or if I have like, my directors or, like, my bosses or anything in the same room and they're saying something maybe I don't agree with or maybe I'm questioning, like, I do kind of turtle shell it up mm-hmm. and, like, keep quiet a little bit, so. Yeah.
0: I I mean, I had, a, like, a really hard time with that, be, especially if you're in a management role, it's a little bit different where you can kind of say what you want, but if you're – I was on the lower end of the totem pole, so it was, like, if I wasn't saying anything – that my boss agreed with like that's something that just doesn't get brought up and you you like for me I felt like I couldn't I I just couldn't be myself at work at all where I think that comes easier for you
1: were you able to like talk to anybody else though at work like any of your coworkers? yeah
0: I mean like I had conversations but I was definitely I was always the person to cross the line where people are like oh you should not have said that I remember one time specifically our, so our, my boss's boss sat like on the other side of our cubicle and I was going on and on about how college degrees are bullshit now and that how I was saying that. I mean,
1: they kind of are.
0: I think, I mean,
1: I don't don't want
0: to get started on this, but (laughs) I was saying, I was saying how business management is a bullshit major because like how, and you're in management. Yeah, but I didn't study that. But how can you have a textbook teach you how to manage people? How oh, yeah, to, you can't how to deal with people calling out of work or not doing what their job is. But I was ranting about this and I, I was definitely saying stuff I shouldn't have been saying, but and everyone's like, The line manager's right there and I'm like, I don't give a shit. <laughs> like <laughs> business management is not a real major. Yeah. <laughs> but um yeah, I I, kind I think of... any
1: I think though that any real manager anyone who does manage people, and maybe this is just me like being stupid and selfish, but like anyone in management would agree with that. Mm-hmm. Like you can't, no one can teach you how to manage besides like learning from, I mean there's a bunch of different books and like study groups that we had actually at work and um just different like programs and stuff that you really learn different techniques and things like that, but you just have to live it. You have to do it. So I don't know.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with that. It's just like, because we learned about lean management and we learned about strategy and all this stuff. And it's like, I just remember sitting in class and being like, this is just a waste of my time. <laughs> like, what am I doing in here? And I felt, I I think I was, always, I never had that entrepreneurial mindset that I do now, but I was always like leaning towards that. I guess like I was starting to starting to realize that and like throughout college I was always the rule follower and it seems like you you've kind of always been the opposite of that
1: (laughs) um a little bit maybe I've always been a procrastinator though so well
0: I'm hey I'm the master of that
1: (laughs) oh I thought you were gonna say something else
0: (laughs) no um we had another question I wanted to get into that So, from Taylor, what's uh, your favorite genre of music?
1: Um, I don't know if I have a favorite. I really like country music. I really like, I grew up, uh, when I was really little, I grew up listening to, like, 70s rock. I want to say it was, like, 70s. It's, like, Cat Stevens and Chicago and, like sticks I guess I really but that I love that stuff mm-hmm. I still listen to that now folk rock I really like um and I started recently getting into more like dance not dance music I won't call it EDM I don't know really what to call it kind of techno dance it's stuff it's
0: like pop like yeah it's not pop but it's like electronic pop I kind think. of yeah like feel-good music yeah 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 it's funny when you were saying, like, Sticks and Cat Stevens, because I have no idea who they are. Yeah,
1: well, this show is a difference of age.
0: Well, we sh- we should get into that, because, um, so you're 32. I'm only 25.
1: Only. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Gotta throw that one word in there.
0: Is there, um...
1: I'm almost 33.
0: Yeah, you are. You're getting up there. <laughs> Is there anything that, like, bothers you about the age difference or no?
1: Not really anymore. I don't – not really anymore. Like, you know, in the beginning it bothered me. I didn't even think that we were even going to start anything together because you were 25. (laughs) And that wasn't changing. So – and I've always, like, went for older guys. So, yeah, I don't know. But you don't seem – you don't act 25. Yeah. You're much more mature Um, I mean, yeah, I don't know. It doesn't bother me anymore.
0: That's good. Yeah, it definitely doesn't bother me. And I think...
1: And apparently I look 29, so that's the general consensus.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was just thinking, um... (laughs) because...
1: Sometimes I get... Oh, just this, um, in Princeton, when I had my meetings, Mm -hmm. I got called 36.
0: Yeah. Did I tell you Yeah, you were telling me.
1: Man, I was so pissed. (laughs) I was also drinking, but... (laughs) I, that did light me up a little bit. Yeah.
0: So what? Um. I'm not talking me specifically, but what do you think attracts you most to a person?
1: Um. Well, you have to be physically attracted to somebody first. That's mm-hmm. just, and everyone has different preferences there. But like, I am attracted to someone who I can like have a conversation with, that doesn't feel. Um forced Mm -hmm. you know and that never really happens with us Um, so like being able to open up with you really early on it was like what we went out for the second time or something and we were having like really deep kind of touching conversation Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and I just really appreciate that and I'm really drawn to that
0: Mm -hmm. I think for me it's um and I've mentioned this to you like your aura like you have an energy about you and I kind of talked about this with Taylor and Kim a lot, but like when you walk into a room, there's energy that like, like
1: Taylor thinks of you. Yeah, which is <laughs> which is
0: crazy because I don't think I've ever been that person, but I've always felt that from you when when you walk into a room, you elevate the energy, and it's like <laughs> no, I'm ser- like I'm I wouldn't make this up, but like you have that energy where it's like. I want to be around that and there's there's only a couple people that I've met where I feel that one was a yoga teacher that when so I would go to the yoga class sometimes on Monday and there'd be five or six people there you go on Tuesday there'd be six or seven and then on Wednesday Beth taught and there's 45 people in there (laughs) you can't you're like doing you're doing downward facing dog, you're looking directly at someone's eyes and then you do warrior one and you're like hitting people. But you know, when you walk into best class that it's like, it just feels different. And well, I, she's
1: super hot though.
0: I mean, she's a attractive.
1: <laughs> I would honestly like to,
0: like to get Beth on the podcast because she's really cool. That'd but, be cool. Um, yeah. I think there's, and you can't do anything. You can't try to have that energy. Like you just have that.
1: Yeah, that's cool. Well, I appreciate that. You've said that to me a few times, and so I do appreciate that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're just like... I haven't always
1: been like this. <laughs> I I was pretty miserable for
0: mm-hmm.
1: a while, but I am happy that... I don't know. I really don't know what changed. I think I just... It, something clicked,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: it's just like I can't live like this anymore, so I mm-hmm. have to change my outlook, and I think that's really what I did change. Mm-hmm. And like kind of like you, you know, you... I respected so much when you came into the gym last summer and you were just like, well, quit my job today. <laughs> and we were all like, what the fuck? What? Okay, great, what are you going to do? And you had no idea. Um, and I just, I respect that a lot. Mm-hmm. And it's just like such a stigma now that people don't really talk about, oh, I'm going to quit my job. But it's like so many people want to. Yeah. And they just feel like, They can't. They absolutely can't. I have another friend, will not go named, but um, he, he, like, hates his job, absolutely hates it, and, like, won't leave, Mm -hmm. and just is struggling and is looking for jobs, and I'm trying to, like, be uh, encouraging. I definitely give him tough love, really tough, but it's just, like, you can do whatever you want. And yeah. you don't have to be miserable. So like changing your outlook, and I think that's when I started like being more of a positive person. Mm-hmm.
0: We got so we went to a party a couple weeks ago, and I remember we were talking to this girl. I forget her name, but um, Kristen. Kristen, that's right. I knew it started with a K, but um, so she's asking what we did, and for our, a living, yeah, for, like yeah. But she said, what do, like, what, what do you do? What do you do? Yeah, and that means, it's always... in society, it means like, what do you do? For do, work. Yeah, <laughs> right. how do you make money? And I remember, like, you were saying you're a manager in this thing at Men's Warehouse. And then she's like, yeah, I'm, in, I'm managing a team in cancer research at Johnson & Johnson. And I remember I was, like, it was about to be my turn. And I'm like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. Oh, I don't want to <laughs> say this. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I work part-time in a grocery store. <laughs> And, dude, I was so embarrassed to say that. But
1: I was so shocked that you didn't say anything about your podcast. I know. And YouTube and, like, all of that stuff that you're trying to make a career. Yeah.
0: I think it's still, like, I'm still getting to that point where I'm trying to be comfortable in my own skin. And I've been.
1: And there's such a stigma about it, you know. And there's some people that just hear that and they're like, well, that's not a real job. Or that's not. But it is, and it can be. And people make a ton of money doing things like this all the time and being that entrepreneur. And just because it's not a traditional get up, grab your briefcase, go to work, you know, 9 to 5, get home, dinner's on the table. like Just because it's not that life doesn't mean that it's not the right life.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think that – but when you're on the – when that is actually your life, it's like, this is very scary. <laughs> and it's very different than getting that paycheck every two weeks, where you're like, no matter how much I put on the credit card this month, like, I'm going to pay it off. Right. Um, like, I'm going to be able to pay it off on Friday. And I think, yeah, when people bring that up, where it's like, what do you do? And I'm just like, oh, God. But I'm getting to the point where at work, I'm starting to tell people about the podcast and I'm starting to tell people, yeah, I do YouTube. And, who knows, they might watch it and laugh at me and think I'm an idiot, but I'm, I'm finally at the point where I'm like...
1: Owning it. Yeah, this yeah. is what I
0: love doing. And I think if we were to have that conversation with Kristen today, I'd be like, the first thing I would say is I run a podcast. Mm-hmm. Like, this is my awesome. job. Yeah. And like, I, I feel like I say this every week, but like looking at someone in the eye having a conversation is like the most special thing you can do. Like, I never got this at Corporate America because I would sit across from my boss and have to fucking lie the entire time. Like, oh, how's your week going? I'm like, yeah, I just spent 11 hours on YouTube the last two days, <laughs> like, figuring out how to buy a microphone. and. But whatever. don't worry,
1: I got your report done in 27 yeah. minutes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I therefore, I clocked in for eight hours.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. And I think we, we all go through that period where it's like, like, this is it. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. And I think we all have that, like you have it with the nutrition, that you can help people and you can make a meaningful impact. And who knows that two, three years down the road, like that might be your full-time thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, fingers crossed. But I think everybody, something has to happen in order for people to wake up. And Mm -hmm. something has to happen in order for people to gain that clarity that they need To either quit their job, get out of a a terrible relationship, you know, don't hang out with a friend that brings them down, like change their diet, something. Mm
0: -hmm. Something
1: has to happen in order for that to click. So, you know, it clicked for you. It's starting to click for me. (laughs) We'll see how it goes.
0: Yeah, but I you definitely you can't fake that that moment where you kind of wake up like I think it happens And if it didn't happen yet, it's going to at some point in your life. And You wake
1: up and think what? Like it's time to change?
0: Yeah, like I have to do this. I think you go from a point to where like, oh, I could do what they're doing. And then you get to that point where it's like, no, I need to do this. This is what is inside of me. And when I talked to Brett, he was saying, we talked before we did actual podcast. And he's like, dude you can never fucking stop doing this. Mm-hmm. And I remember him saying that. And I need so many signs. I need I a need hundred. <laughs> you need I wanna, a, a handbook of signs. Yeah, I want a thousand people to tell me that and then I'll be like, are you sure I'm actually supposed <laughs> to be doing this? But I remember him saying that and I was like, D- "Like he's right. Like this." And is- he's a
1: pretty insightful dude. Yeah. I really like him. I've been talking about him for weeks ever since I listened to that podcast. Yeah.
0: yeah, and it's like, like I get to have like I don't want to say it's me but like I put that together mm-hmm. like I scheduled that I put that out there
1: Yeah.
0: and doing that stuff is like that's my calling that's my gift mm-hmm. and I, like I told him it doesn't really have to do anything with me I'm just kind of a medium for him to tell his story and if people are benefiting from that like that serves my purpose I yeah. don't need any Like, I feel like I don't need recognition or I don't need praise for that. Like, I feel like that's my ego where I want to be like, this is me. Look what I did. But it's not like this is something deeper than me. It's bigger than me. Mm
1: -hmm. It's pretty cool. Like, I'm really proud of you.
0: Yeah, it's been it's (laughs) definitely been a journey. Um, Yeah, I just I just really appreciated this conversation. Well, do you want to let people know where they can find you?
1: Um, at the gym. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You're such a loser. I know. That's where <laughs> I spend all my time. I mean on the internet.
1: <laughs> um. Yeah. I think it's DanaLee24 is my Instagram. Okay. And, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's it. <laughs> okay. You'll well, link it. I will link that in the show notes. <laughs> Go follow Because I'm so interesting. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think you're way more interesting than you give yourself credit for. (laughs) Thanks. But, yeah, I just appreciate this conversation. I'm glad you're here, and I'm glad I get to sit across from you and have this connection. It's awesome.
1: Yeah, I like it too.
0: So once again, thanks so much to Dana for coming on the show. Make sure to follow her on Instagram at danalee24. I will leave a link to her profile in the show notes. Make sure to follow me on social as well. Subscribe to my YouTube channel where I'm doing a lot more content as well. I just appreciate all you guys listening week in and week out. I appreciate the feedback, everyone who shares it on their Instagram story. That's a big way you can support me. Another way you can support me as well, if you are a weightlifter, if you do CrossFit, if you do powerlifting, go to richmanweightlifting.com. If you ever have wrist pain or you do a sport that has any overhead lifting, If you ever have wrist pain, even if you don't, it's a great preventative measure to buy a pair of wrist wraps. So that's richinweightlifting.com, and if you use the code BTY10, that helps support me, that helps support the show, to help keep me going a little bit, and just take a screenshot, put it on your Instagram story, that always helps. And if you like the show, leave a five-star rating and review uh, just a couple lines on what you like about the show, what you dislike, something you think I could be doing better. That I always appreciate the feedback. I got my first two reviews. I feel like I finally have a real podcast now. So I'm excited about that. Thank you to the people who took the time to do that. I think that's something that I wasn't doing that I, that I just recently started. When I like a podcast, I actually do leave a review now because I was asking for them, but I wasn't giving them myself. So I think it's important that I give back to other people who are on the same path as me. Again, just thank you guys so much for the support. Thank you for listening and be on the lookout for another episode next week. And I will talk to you guys later.